Hello, Internet. You're listening to the In Your House Comedy Podcast with the Babyface and his fellow funny friend. Now hold on to your butts. Keep your arms and legs inside the podcast at all times. Prepare to have an autographical orgasm in three, two, 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 one. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to a brand new season of the In Your House podcast. This is the show where I sit down with a fellow funny friend from around the comedy circuit for an unfiltered, uncensored, where possible chat, where literally every topic is on the table. Everything is fair game. Today, I am joined by the co-host of the Feet and Ball Show and the Alternative Cobra Meeting Comedy Quiz, and one of the driving forces behind the Toolmakers Comedy Club and live comedy in Sheffield in general, really. He's an interesting guest from start to finish, so everybody, please welcome Mr. Daniel Innes. Hello, 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 KD. Thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this for the past few days, so yeah, excited to be on. Yeah, thank, don't worry, that excitement will, will dwindle as we get going. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I thought a good thing to start off with, though, is just if you just want to like talk us through some of the stuff that you've got going on soon, considering the world is weirdly reopening again now. Yeah, I mean, the comedy quiz and the feet and ball show were designed to just keep people occupied and keep people sharp doing improv during the pandemic. But yeah, it took yeah. on sort of it took on sort of wheels of its own when we went back into normality for a bit last year, and then we went back into lockdown. People yeah. are asking for it again. People are saying, "Can you bring feet and ball back? Can you bring the Cobra meet and quiz back?" And it was just something that has just taken off from there. And it's something that we're looking to pre- to probably do live on stage as well as we again open back up. Yeah, I've been thinking about that as well. Like just the whole general idea of like um, panel shows and like some of the quiz mm. shows and stuff. Like obviously they've been doing them like, I don't know. I, I haven't been around the comedy scene for as long as yourself. So I don't know. Do you see a lot of that kind of like panel shows and quiz shows live, you know, in we don't, to be honest, and I think if there's one positive thing that's come out of, or two positive things have come out of this, doing the panel shows. One, we found a, a sort of different genre and a different kind of vehicle to run on live nights. And mm-hmm. secondly, the network of contacts that I've made, including yourself, that I probably wouldn't have made, or probably would have made, but not as quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty normal stand-up, week in, week out kind of thing. So it's been really positive in that respect as well. Yeah, yeah, no, I hear you completely with that. Like the networking as well, definitely. Like I've met so many more people just from doing other people's and doing mine. It's 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 quite nice to be fair. Yeah, yeah, and I've enjoyed just the engagement of it, and just to see different styles of comedy as well. Um, and I think everybody's improv skills have improved as well because, like you, your with your shows and stuff, they they're unscripted, they're unfiltered, and it's people <laughs> thinking on their feet. And I think that can only be a good thing for when we eventually do go back and do stand up on a regular basis yeah and and at the same time like doing the uncensored stuff and all that doing it on a podcast is good too when we record it because we can cut out the bits when we say something we shouldn't say which is good too because <laughs> it happens <laughs> it does fortunately or unfortunately yeah it does yeah yeah but, um so i can imagine like with the feet and ball stuff at the moment then like because it's euro at the moment isn't it? you know me i'm not that big of a football person <laughs> That's so, why we got you. Well, that's why we would get you on feet and ball and stuff. Because I think the great thing is, is that we have people who don't really give a toss about football. Whereas Stuart and myself, we can we can sort of fill the cracks with our football knowledge because we love football. But nobody wants to have a, a football show for non-football fans full of football fans. 
So it's nice to have you or people that don't really give two hoots about the game because we do we do divert off it anyway. Yeah, well, it's weird. It's, it works really well because it's like um, when I was thinking about that, I, it made me come back to thinking about like Top Gear when you guys were telling me the premise of your show. And then I was thinking about Top Gear, you know, like I always used to watch yeah. Top Gear, but I don't give a crap about cars, but I always watch Top Gear still. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think it's, it is that kind of, I don't know, it's that kind of risk reward really, because as I say, with, when you're getting people that don't really like football, the conversation goes off in all different directions. Oh, yeah. Sometimes controversial, <laughs> sometimes, but always entertaining, always entertaining. Yeah, it's only controversial to the person that will find it controversial anyway. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's good. It's good in that respect. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I've been enjoying a lot of that kind of stuff myself, though, but... Um, have you got many like um, stuff? Because I, I saw it, it is. I was right, wasn't I? Uh, Toolmakers Comedy Club. Is that your? That thing? is uh, that is my sort of business comedy partners, Ollie. But I get involved with it in terms of if he, if oh, he okay. wants comedians. Uh, obviously, I've seen and he hasn't. He would value my opinion on it, and I always support it. And I was the first one to headline there, so it's a, I've got a soft spot for it. So it's one of those that yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. means a lot to me. We've been doing much already, like, um, because we're like, uh, so obviously, as a recording on the 7th of June, this will be out in a few days anyway. But, um, have you had a chance to do many gigs and stuff yet? I haven't. I'm doing my first one, is where I'm I'm actually emceeing one of my nights. But the reason I've been quite specific to not do as many is because, all being well, fingers crossed, July the 19th, I will be going on holiday. So I didn't want to go and get anything done before that. But when I come back, August, September, October, really, really busy. That's smart, to be fair, though. It's like, um, I'm guessing you don't want to be starting up and then have to take a gap because it's like working out, isn't it? You don't want to, if you know you're not going to be able to work out for like a few weeks or something, it's like, well, exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, And I was, was I right in remembering Barbados? Yes. I'm going to sunny Barbados um, for my birthday with my other half. My mum's coming along. Um, oh, and cool. my other half's daughter's coming along as well, and a friend of ours as well. So there's like five of us going, and we're going for three weeks. So I'm hoping that I can get some really good stories that I can actually use as comedy material for when I come back. I'm pretty sure you can, man. Like even just yeah. looking, because um, I imagine you've been on holiday to like different places before. Yeah, I've yeah, I've been fortunate. I've been to a few different places. My my parents are from Barbados, so it's a uh, it's the it's the homeland, so to speak. So I've been fortunate enough to have been four times. This will be my fifth. But my other half, she's never been, so it's it's going to be a nice experience for for all concerned. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, like with the material as well, I'm sure you probably notice a lot of random stuff, like the differences in travel and all that at the moment. I mean, I imagine it's got to be. I don't know what the situation is like in Barbados at the moment, like with all the COVID. We're not going to talk too much about COVID, just to clarify <laughs> at all. But you know, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know what's it like over there. Like, what's the stuff? The situation um, is the situation is that they're vaccinating um, a lot of the well, getting through a lot of the Bayesian public. Um, currently, it's amber to us, so it would mean that we can still travel. But when we come back, we'll have to self isolate for ten days at home rather than in some hotel. Um, but yeah, it's a small yeah. price to pay, and we're just hoping. I don't know. We're all sort of glass half full people, so we're all hoping that by the time we get to Barbados, or during the time in Barbados, it changes to green. In which case, that changes the landscape again. Coming back, I so mean, they're, they're, yeah. yeah, they're doing all right. They're doing all right, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. 
Yeah, it's one of them. You never really know at the moment. But, I mean, everything from our side seems to be going... I've had this discussion a lot with people. Everything from our side, like, seems to be going pretty well. I mean, there's a chance that the things might get pushed back, I think, at the end of June. But yeah, only, only if they need to be. And I don't think it will be for yeah. too long, if so. And probably if it needs to, it needs to, you know. Whatever. Yeah, we have to do what we have to do. And I just think... Um, Whatever happens, I think we do have to try and keep some form of normality. I don't think a lockdown in terms of locking the country down will do any favours to anybody, especially people's mental health and the economy. Exactly. We've already learned that, and we like... I get the concept of why that was the reaction to do that in the end anyway. Um, But, yeah, it never works. But with the whole vaccine programme in that, it seems to be working at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It seems to be working. Yeah, yeah, I mean, without getting too political, I'm not a Tory, I'm not a Boris fan, but I think the one thing <laughs> the one thing that he can actually dine out on for the next few years is the rollout. Um, yeah. Obviously, let's not mention the 150 things he's done wrong, but the one we thing that he's done wrong. Really. Yeah, we don't need to. Nah. We haven't got time in the show. But, um, <laughs> but I think the one thing is the vaccine rollout that has been administered pretty well, in all honesty. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you feel about? Um, I don't know if you have you seen much of like the because um, you know originally there was a whole. It was like definitely that it was a natural virus, and to say that it was you know like a lab leak or something was seen as like a kind of fringe thing to say, like a conspiracy thing. Yeah, have you seen a lot of the the, the evidence that's been coming out, a lot of the new news and stuff now regarding all that? A little bit, a little bit, but I, I, to be honest with you, Katie, I've never been one for conspiracy theories anyway, and I just think, look, it is what it is. Um, but from from the theories that I had read about and seen last year, I just think, well, I don't know. I think some people are barking mad, really, but there oh, you go. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing, that I think, with this, that's, people hear that stuff and they naturally think of it as a conspiracy theory, and it's because it was Donald Trump that was the one yeah. saying, you know, oh, no, it came from a... I, I can't do the impression. It came from a lab, <laughs> it came from all this, you know. And it seems that there's actually a lot of evidence now that just in the mainstream um, American media, not so much over here, but um, what was it? There's evidence now um, that it came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. There's um, mm. there's like all this thing about like th- that particular institute itself was like um, mm. had like seven um, security leaks in the year, in the year before anyway, right. And then, in a November before it broke properly in the December of 2019, I think it was in the November before there was like two workers from that lab that were hospitalized. Yeah. And there's, there's actually a lot of legitimate evidence coming out now that shows that it might actually yeah. be a lab leak and actually doing proper, finally doing some actual investigation into the origins of it. Cause either way, wherever yeah. it came from, I don't get why, you know, why people weren't trying to figure out where it came from. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's strange. Uh, yeah. It is strange. And I think, whether we find out for, for definite in our lifetime or whether it's going to be swept under the carpet once the truth is known, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, well, apparently a big part of it is because um, the lab itself, even if you know, even though it's in China, is actually funded by America. So it makes a bit more sense why they're not oh, looking into it too oh, much. Yeah. yeah. There's a surprise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. But, I mean, for me, <clears throat> the whole COVID experience um, – it hasn't. I know people have suffered with their mental health, and I know people have suffered yeah. through isolation. But for me, I've I've not had any kind of detrimental thoughts about it. I think I've worked from home. 
I think if I didn't have comedy and then we go back to the panel shows and doing online exactly. stuff, yeah, if yeah. I didn't have that as a break from work, then that might be different. And I know that some people have literally just locked down in the truest sense of the word and not done anything else but work and then sleep, then work and sleep. And that's got to take its toll after a year. But I think if you've got yeah. more stuff that you can do and technology has been brilliant. The one thing, Katie, I've, I've thought yeah. about this, I thought with lockdown and the lockdowns that we've had, it highlights how how hard it must have been during the war, the Second World War, 1939, yeah, yeah. where the Blitz and they were in, and we had curfews and they didn't have the benefits of technology like we do. Yeah. So it actually was in darkness for a period of time. And I just always looked at that and thought, you know what? I'm not saying that people didn't have trials and tribulations, but it could have been worse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's hard when you look at something like that you're going through. It's hard to compare it to stuff in the past. It's just general um, how, how your mind works. You can't compare it to something that you haven't been through. But when you look at it, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I mean, even before that, you know, there was like the bubonic plague and all that, and they still yeah. had to like yeah. lock in and stuff, and they had even less yeah. technology than them back then. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, I'm not saying we should thank our lucky stars because it's not a thankful situation that we've been in, but I do think that you have to try and grasp as many positives as you can out of this, whatever yeah. you can to hold on to before we come out the other side. No, no, I, I, I think that in general, man, like the positives and the negatives in general. But yeah, I've said this so long, and it's just. And there's, there's a lot of things that have come out of it that are quite nice. Like a lot of the people had like, you know, refinding like the family and like, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's just been a lot of nice things that have come out of it to be fair. Correct. Correct. Yes, there has been. And I think they need, those stories need to be highlighted as well because they yeah. are, they're, they're equally as important. They really are. You'll probably agree with this though. One strange thing that has come up over the past few months. I generally, generally thought this was a joke when I first saw it. Right. Um, and it happened last night and I didn't realize until Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Money Mayweather, yes. and Logan Paul. What the hell? Yeah. Just what the hell? Well, I'll I'll put it in one sentence for you, KD. Floyd Mayweather Please. made thirty-five million dollars out of it. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So yeah, he, he went eight rounds. Um. So literally, yes, there's the promo and everything. So yeah, yeah, literally, literally, he had twenty-four minutes work for thirty-five million US. And I don't know how much Logan Paul's cut from that was, but I think he made quite a few million, but not as much as Floyd Mayweather because nobody oh, does. No. no, no, of course not. But I, I did think it was quite strange, though, like that he would take that fight just for the fact that obviously he's like, you know, Floyd Money Mayweather is just like one of the best boxers has been. But mm. he's fighting against a guy who is obviously not in any way as skilled as him, but mm. he's a big dude compared to him. I, I saw yeah. Rogan talking about it. One good hit from him could have, like, you know, made a difference. And he actually got yeah. hit a few times in it, from what I saw. Yeah, I mean, Floyd Mayweather is, he, he is one of the greatest of all time. There's no doubt about that. And his his thing, his shtick was the fact that you couldn't hit him. Yeah. Because he was that elusive. His reflexes are unbelievable. Now, at 44 years of age, you would expect him to slow down a little bit. But I think he was still elusive. And I think there came a time in the fight, I saw bits of it. I, I'm not, I wasn't mad enough to go and buy it. Oh, no. um, I saw bits of it, but I think once Logan Paul realised that he was in there with someone who was super skilled, I think it was all about survival for him. And fair play to him, he survived. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, that was the thing that shocked me the most. I thought it, there's a small chance, you know, that Logan Paul might have got a lucky hit, but very mm -hmm. tiny chance. But m more yeah. than anything, I imagine that he was just winning a couple of rounds, Floyd, but really surprised yeah. me that he went to the full eight. Yeah, yeah, he did well. A mate of mine said something funny, actually, the other day about he was, he's a big boxing fan, he's my mate, Tommy. 
Mm. And he said that um, Logan Paul's only chance of beating Floyd Mayweather was to wear goalkeeping gloves. So at least then he can, but he could poke him in the eye with his thumb, kind of thing. And then he just like be all discombobulated and what have you. So yeah, yeah, there's no chance of him doing anything or doing any damage to Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather's too slick, too skilled. Yeah, I am right in thinking. I know that because um, I know Logan Paul was doing like some boxing stuff, but he faced KSI, wasn't it? Was the first thing he did and lost. And lost, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It's like, why? What yeah. makes you think you can't beat KSI, but you can beat Floyd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Exactly. exactly. KSI put a tweet up after the event, or it might be in this. Mo- well, it was this morning, well, yeah. saying, "Does that mean I'm the best boxer in the world now?" <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping he's saying it tongue in cheek, or uh, well, I don't know. KSI is KSI, isn't it, sir? No, I don't even know. Literally, the only thing I know of KSI, KSI and Logan Paul, I only really know who they are because of my children mentioning mm. them because it's that yeah. generation, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think the only thing I saw of KSI was only was on uh, Great British Bake Off. But that's literally right. the only time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, as a YouTuber, and the popularity of of that medium is is brilliant, and I think a lot of people defending the fight last night or this morning was saying that perhaps Logan Paul and KSI have brought a different generation of people into boxing, watching Definitely. boxing. Definitely, yeah. But that's the only positive, because I think it's a circus. I think to have Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather and his brother, his brother's even more annoying, Jake Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's even more annoying. And Jake Paul has done something very dangerous. He's called out, well, not arguably, he is the best pound-for-pound fighter at the moment, Canelo Alvarez, and he's called him out. And I'm thinking... <laughs> Right, yeah. okay. <laughs> that isn't going to end well for you, Jake. So his brother had the smarts to at least go for someone who's past their prime, you know, but yeah. it's just a big name. Yeah. And he's yeah. just like, oh, no, I'm going to take on the best right now. Yeah. That works. Yeah, Ex- exactly. You would you would question that Jake Paul probably had too many hits to the head in sparring if he's saying shit like that, but... He's know. the one I always hear being referred to as, like, the bad one out of two. Anyway, as a sociopath more than anything. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I haven't seen much of it, but he's not a good guy, apparently. No, no, and I think he's he's sort of living off this notoriety of that as well, um, of being the yin to, to Logan's yang kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I just think, yeah, just keep quiet. And I, I think everyone was hoping that Floyd Mayweather would smack Logan, um, Logan Paul around the ring and then get out the ring and start smacking yeah. Jake Paul around. So Do a, um, was it Kabir? Khabib? Yeah. K- yeah. K- yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you're right, though. I mean, it, it is bringing new eyes to it now, but it is just kind of turning it into a circus a bit. Because I it think is. that when they were talking about like the tail of the table, previous opponents, they mentioned his exhibition match he had with the Big Show. For God's sake, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like Logan oh, yeah, when, he, when he was in the WWE for a bit. Yeah, it's like Logan yeah. Paul's one thing. It's supposed to be. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to learn that it was a bit of a structured fight. Hence, why he got to the end of it. You know. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think you bang on the money there. I think Floyd Mayweather will only do things that Floyd Mayweather will make money out of, and yeah. he is a money machine. He's a great salesman. He's he, he's there's no doubt about that. People may not like his ways because I think didn't he, I think last year he bought his son a watch for four million dollars, and his son's something like two. What? So, so it's like because he's mad for watches. Is Floyd Mayweather? He's got like eight hundred thousand watches or something ridiculous. Well, mate, you've only got two wrists. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, what's what's all that about? There's not four hundred thousand days left in his life, I don't think. Yeah, this guy—it's just weird. But as I say, he does it because he can. 
Yeah, yeah. I've never understood watches in general. I've never been a watch-wearing person. As soon as they develop phones with time on them, I don't understand why people wear watches anymore. <laughs> I like that logic, though, KD. It's, it's just true. <laughs> well, I've got I've got my old faithful one on here, so I don't I don't mind them. I don't mind yeah. them. But I had an interesting time actually. Um, a couple of years ago, I used to wear a bigger watch than this in terms of bigger watch face. Yeah, and it was back in the days where I, I was going into a club and I, and the music was blaring out, and it was a, just a brilliant night. And I went to the loo, so I went to the urinal, and there was a guy next to me in the next urinal. He kept looking, kept looking down <laughs> next to me. And the music, as I said, it's important that you realise the music was really, really loud. And this guy goes, "Big clock," <laughs> and I nearly <laughs> went, "You know, he goes, your watch, your watch, <laughs> your watch." He said, "Oh yeah, yeah, just testing." Okay, but I'll think, I hope, oh my goodness. I Big hope clock. to God he knew what he was saying there. I <laughs> hope he knew what he was saying. That's great. I didn't know whether to take it as an insult or a compliment, to be fair, but there you go. Well, I mean, either way, it's a compliment. Whichever way, he, yeah. Whatever yeah. he was referring to. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I nearly <laughs> said to him, you've got to buy me a drink first, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't look, you've got to buy it first. <laughs> <laughs> so, I... I am right in thinking, though, from um, a conversation we had before. You're into wrestling as well, then? Oh, I love my wrestling. I really do. I love the athleticism of it. I love the storytelling of it. And I just think that Vince McMahon and, and all the other promoters have got... Uh, it's great. It really is. Uh, as great now as it used to be, though? I think the WWE isn't anywhere near as good as AEW. AEW is unbelievable. People are getting smashed all over the place. And I saw one of their um, yeah. pay-per-views. No, I didn't buy the pay-per-view. I saw it on um, on YouTube. Yeah. And I tell you what, Chris Jericho and all those guys that started it, they've got a product there that has superseded WWE by a long way. To be fair, it is starting to. Now, I remember we had a conversation briefly before and I was still more on the WWE side then. And I still yeah. kind of am in a sense of like mm. the storytelling. The storytelling... I'm mm. more WWE because yeah. even though it's terrible still, but like yeah. it is, but it, it fits a lot more. I think a lot of the time AEW do stuff that is just kind of random out of nowhere. But yeah. then again, WWE do it too. But yeah. AEW is just a lot more fun to watch. Yeah. I don't know why, but I find yeah. myself always gravitating to AEW now. So I realize I do, I must prefer AEW. Just in my head, yeah. I'm like, no, no, WWE still, you know. Yeah. I think there's more creativity. In, mm. in the AEW matches, but I think yeah. WWE have sort of stayed still a little bit because they've got all the old reliable matches, Hell in a Cell, um, yeah. the Lumberjack matches. They've got all of these that they've, that have, they've pinned their hopes and made a lot of money from through the PPVs of them that they haven't really been that creative with the matches. As you correctly said, the storylines are brilliant because you get better build-up for storylines than you do on AEW. There is a better build-up. But let me ask you, let me throw this to you. Favourite yeah. WWE wrestler and favourite finishing manoeuvre? Current. And of all time, you can do one current Ooh. and one in the past or whatever, whatever you okay. prefer. Um, you know what? Current WWE, I'm really surprised that I think this, but I do. And I'm I'm, I'm not even ashamed of it anymore. Roman Reigns is probably my favourite right now. Yeah. Him yeah. as a heel yeah. is a bad guy. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Everything yeah. about his performance. Apparently, it's written all this stuff is only written by like him, Paul Heyman, and Vince. So it's not a room full of writers. So it makes a bit more sense why it's, yeah. you know, why why everything makes more sense. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. All of that, the storytelling and, I mean, he doesn't even yeah. do that much in his matches, but it just works. I just love everything about right. it. Um, it does. And to say, to say where he's come back from as well, with having cancer, and then oh, yeah, coming yeah. back, and then being so dominant, because as a physical specimen, he still looks a million dollars, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he's a beast. He's a full yeah. beast, man. <sighs> like, and he actually looks like an older guy as well, rather than, like, a lot of them just look quite young now, which is not a bad thing, but it's just it's hard to be really intimidated by a tiny person, you know? Like, yeah. like yeah. Um, yeah. Ray, Ray Mysterio's son, for example... Um, he yeah. still just looks young. He's got like no muscle to him or anything. Yeah. And there's a lot of people like that in WWE yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think him, I love Drew McIntyre, even though he's just a bit, yeah. become the new Roman Reigns though now. Uh, I love yeah. Seamus. Seamus is great. He's really underrated. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I'm forgetting someone and he's bothering me. I think of all time though, I, oh, I, I love Daniel Bryan. He's one of my favorite all time wrestlers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Has he left the company now though? I don't think because he's left. left. He had Roman Reigns, didn't he? Yeah, I think he'll be coming back, to be honest. And especially because they're talking about um, a partnership with uh, New Japan now, WWE are. Right. And apparently right. a lot of the driving force behind that is Daniel Bryan wanting to do matches over there. But then apparently AEW are also going for it. So it's a bit all over the place at the moment with that. Yeah, yeah. And what, what about your favourite finishing? Oh, finishing... Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, I was always partial to the ankle lock. I don't know why. Always like yeah, the ankle yeah, lock. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I also always loved the simple super kick. Shawn Michaels, yeah. his super kick. Just Shawn simple, yeah. but it's great. It's been yeah. destroyed now. The RKO as well. I think I love the ones that yeah. can pop up out of nowhere. They're my favorite yeah. ones. Yeah. How yeah. about yourself? No. For everything? Um, Performer-wise, listen, I, I like old school, so I'm like the rock and stone called Steve Austin. Yeah. And I just say, anyone that can drink beer like Steve Austin still perform, you'll do me, mate. You really oh, will. Oh, oh, you're not going to like to find out that it was all fake beer. Give over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. KD, spoiler alert. You just got me on this on your show to tell me this, didn't you? Because you knew I was going to say stone called Steve Austin. After the interview, I thought, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness! No, he's still a hero of mine. So the stunner is still brilliant. Yeah. Um, I do like also. I'm a I'm a fan of the old Tombstone Power Driver as well. Okay. Yeah. I think the way that it was delivered by the Undertaker, the build up and everything to turn them around the way they did, and then to cross the arms over as well was just creative. Yeah. Really creative. Do you undertake? The Undertaker is just one of the best people as well. I should have thought about him as well. To be fair. He is just one of the top guys up there, really. The way he reinvented himself constantly. Yeah. like Yeah. And, the yeah. American badass and then coming yeah. back again as The Undertaker. Yeah. yeah. I, even, I even like, I think my favourite time with Taker was during the Attitude Era when he was like the cult leader kind of guy. Yes. Yeah. Really like yeah. all of that time. Yeah. It was, that was really, really good. Did you ever see the fight? The... The match between Undertaker and Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other yeah. Was, was so much like him, wasn't it? But it was like only a couple of inches smaller. But then he delivered, I think, to beat him, he delivered some like two or three Tombstone Pal Drivers, and that was it. Yeah, that was like a proper classic one, wasn't it? Back when he was in his old kind of like uh, yeah. funeral home gimmick, more like with the yeah, purple gloves and that. Yeah, when he had um, Paul Bearer as, as his manager as well yeah. back in the day. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> he got he got outdriven a few times, didn't I? Oh well. yeah, dude's been he got. I mean, I know he's dead now, but he got killed so many times in WWE as yeah. well, though. He got buried in cement. He got left in a yeah. freezer for fuck knows how long. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. the other things I'm not thinking. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Well, two quick points as well. Point number one. Um, do you think, then, that the... that Was it Stone Cold Steve Austin that had his neck broken? Wasn't that through a pile driver that went wrong? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Owen Hart did the pile driver. Um, it told him not to do it, but he just did it anyway, apparently. Yeah. And point number two, we've uh, we've forgotten another legend, and I love him to bits, and a lot of it is to do with the fact that he loves Sheffield as well, is um, Mick Foley. Oh, God, yeah, Mick Foley. Had a, I was literally just listening to something yeah. about Mick Foley earlier as well. Yeah. Mick Foley, and he he gave, um, he did a podcast or a documentary about his his infamous match against The Rock, and they had agreed that The Rock was only going to give him one chair shot because his kids were there in the audience. Yeah. The Rock ended up giving four chair shots to the head, and it was just totally off script kind of thing. I don't know if The Rock just had some kind of brain freeze or brain explosion, was... but he gave him four chair shots when he saw he was supposed to give him one. I know he was like fourteen, man. Like, mm. um, because I, I know you, it was kind of Mick Foley's fault as well, though, because. Um, he was right. supposed to give him the first shot in the ring, and he was supposed because he was handcuffed, yeah. weren't he? And he yes, was supposed correct. to correct. Yeah, he was supposed to roll out, and he was going to keep hitting him until he got to the top of the ramp, and then we were going to do yeah. the finish there or something. But he just yeah. never left the ring. He just kept hitting yeah. him, and he just stayed in the ring. He should have realised after like three or four shots, maybe he's a bit concussed or something, and he doesn't yeah, realise he needs exactly. to get out the ring. Yeah, yeah. But God but, knows what happened there, man. I think a few years later they stopped. They, well, I think even to this day they stopped delivering chair shots to the head, haven't they? They're all yeah, on the yeah. back now, aren't they? On the shoulder, yeah. um, they, they don't do them to the head anymore. In the, in the WWE, I don't know if it's the same with AEW, but WWE they don't do they don't deliver chair shots to the head. Yeah, gen- generally speaking, it's the same in most of them. But um, it lo- I mean, let's, let's be honest, it looks fucking ridiculous. You got someone running at you with a chair, like they really want to hurt you, and then they wait for you to turn around and you hit them on the back. <laughs> it looks yeah. so dumb. Well, yeah. Yeah, I always used to think as well, if you knew you're going to go in with a mat into a match with someone who's got a really devastating finishing manoeuvre, you must be bricking it. So, for yeah. instance, you're going to have some finishing manoeuvres. I'm not saying are softer than others, but for instance, if they you are. know that you're going, to be, you're going to get into the figure four leg lock or something like that, and you're going to be bent, you're going to be bent in half, that must fill you with dread. Or if you know that you're going to have to take an RKO or a stunner, you're, and I know that The Rock used to sell the stunner better than anyone else because he used to bounce about 15 feet in the air, didn't he? Yeah. But still, I think some of those manoeuvres, if you know, do you think, oh, I'm going to have to take this one today, then, you know, it's bloody going to hurt. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the ones because I've, I've listened to too many wrestlers talk about random shit like that, man, honestly. <laughs> it's like one of the main things I listen to. I don't know why yeah. I still love it so much, but I do. I think it's just, I, I see like a terrible soap more than anything. Yeah, it is. I, I've described it as that, Katie, as well. I've said, yeah. put it into context, it, there's no difference with watching Coronation Street and watching wrestling. The only thing is, with Coronation Street, you're not getting the athleticism of the fight, so to speak. But yeah. the storytelling... Like you better acting, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. But I'll tell you what, I saw the, um, I don't know if you saw Stadium Stampede from AEW. Oh, the, the, the new see, one, yeah. Yeah, did you see the pinnacle um, against Chris Jericho's guys? 
Yeah, in a circle. Some, some of the in a circle, yeah. Some of the punches, they were taking punches to the head. And I don't yeah. know how MJF survived that. You know, even before that, like, um, like, because apparently the stadium stampede, they filmed it over like three or four days, you know, because like, um, I think a lot of it was because Jericho had a legitimate, like, dislocated yeah. elbow. So yeah. I, I was watching it thinking, how are you doing this and yeah. managing to survive? But it makes sense finding that after. Yeah. But um, even like a few months before that, they did something where it was just a random little fight in the back. And you didn't yeah. even see most of it. But... Oh. Um, I think it was the revive uh, uh, FTR. Um, yeah. one of them had like a big, like yeah, chunk yeah. out of the back of the head or something. Yeah, I did see that, and I thought that it was yeah, it was just it was just absolutely mental. And there's apparently the, legitimate heat between some of them. I don't know who, but really? mm. I thought it looked brutal between Wardlow and and Jake Hager as well. They yeah. were two big big blokes, but they were really going at it, hammer and tongue. You saw, and as you correctly said, it looks like there's some legitimate heat there that they were trying to get rid of between them and stuff. Yeah. And it, it just looked, it was it was very well done, put it that way. But I don't even know, as I said, how MJF survived that. But I think no. he is the face of wrestling for the next 10, 15 years, personally. Yeah, he definitely should be. Way yeah, I think I heard some of Something like that, yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard someone refer to him as the new Roddy Piper, and it makes sense. Like, mm. he's not the biggest guy. He's not yeah. the most athletic, but mm. he's just smart in the ring. Yeah, he's and a very he's good just... talker. He's very good yeah. on the mic, isn't he? Very yeah, good on yeah. the mic. And he's, I think you liken him to Chris Jericho, who's also very, very good on the mic as well. Mm. Um, the Rock. I'm just trying to think of all the really great people that I know. You know, you know who's the best on the mic at selling matches and selling Ooh. their wares kind of thing. You know what? The only one you haven't mentioned there, which is up there as well, is probably CM Punk for me. I was just about to say CM Punk. He was brilliant <laughs> on the mic. Yeah, like he was by like, that promo, like um, the pipe bomb one when he was just sat at the top yeah. of the ramp as well. So yeah. many people got back into wrestling just for because yeah. of that promo. Legitimately, like, I knew so yeah. many people that got back into it. Yeah, no, it didn't last very long. Good. But no, what's he doing now? Punk, um, he was, yeah, he did that weird return. You know, you always said he was never going to return to wrestling, and then he returned to do that backstage program for SmackDown for some reason, right? Uh, oh. But then hasn't done much, and all he's done in regards to wrestling since then is insult WWE, which fair enough to be honest. Mm. Yeah, a bad idea for him. I, I, I love CM Punk, but at the same time, he's a bit of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. He's just a bitch. Moans yeah. about everything. It's like, yeah, fair enough that, you know, it's not going how you wanted to, but you don't yeah. bitch about it. Like, just no. deal with it. No, and, and especially when you've probably developed and had a brilliant lifestyle on the back of it as well. Yeah, met his wife there, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they so, fired him on his wedding day, but that's that's not the point. <laughs> well, no. Okay, who, who's your favourite female wrestler? <sighs> Ladies can't wrestle, you know, most. Favorite female wrestler, uh, best wrestler at the moment, female wise. Mm. I'd say either probably Charlotte Flair's the best one, but I think my favorite yeah. is Britt Baker. I really I like her, Britt Baker, because she's beaten Hikaru Shida, hasn't she, for the title? Yeah, I don't know why it took him so long to put it on um, Britt Baker though, because she's just the best in that division in AEW. And she's very good on the mic as well, but actually, yeah. she's very good on the mic. But yeah, very, yeah. Very educated, didn't you? Mm. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I'd probably go. With it. I did like Becky Lynch a bit off on her. Now. Yeah. I love Alexa Bliss. 
everything about her i love i don't know about right now i don't know where they're taking her i don't understand this whole no. yeah I, yeah i don't know where they're taking her and you're talking about um i, th I think she's a five-time women's division champion and all of a sudden yeah. they've made her go all surreal and weird like, I was fine with it all. Like, it, literally, I've been absolutely fine with everything her and um, Bray Wyatt have done up until. Yeah. Did you see WrestleMania with the Jack O'Lantern, uh, not Jack O'Lantern, Jack in the Box thing? No, I didn't. No. Uh, it was weird. He was having his match, and then she was there all normal, and then she suddenly popped up in this evil, like, um, kind of evil princess looking thing, and she had like this crown on it. It was just like pouring black liquid down the face. And I thought it looked really, really freaky. And mm. everyone else was really down. I was like, no, nah, no, this is really cool. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with this the next night on Raw or the week after. Yeah. I'm still waiting now for any any continuance of that story. It was yeah. about three months ago, two months ago. Fuck knows yeah. what they're doing now. Right. She doesn't look. I haven't because she just seems to be on the periphery a little bit, but I think she's got this storyline now with um to do with Reginald and stuff, hasn't she? Yeah, Shayna Baszler and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so people. That Reginald, he's a bit bendy, isn't he? Fucking crazy, man! You can see that he was. <laughs> do, do you know he's a circus Soleil guy? It makes perfect sense when you see yeah, him. That does make sense. That does yeah. make sense. Uh, yeah, but I don't. Actually, I don't know. Gone. No, I was going to say with Reginald, he was actually like it surprised me because he did all that kind of stuff. But then when he had the match um, recently with it was a Shayna actually. Game, yeah, he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was actually taking bumps, and it surprised me. Some of the, yeah. I expected all the like the um, jumpy roundy stuff, but then he was actually doing some proper like mat wrestling. He was, you know, well, like doing the pin properly. Rounded, yeah, yeah. But WWE have this policy that they don't like the male female kind of matches in the ring where the male yeah, has yeah. actually touched the female in an aggressive way. So I don't know why they did that because unless well, yeah. beat Reginald up. It's funny, yeah. They, you're right. They have this whole thing. They don't like doing that kind of stuff, but they keep no. trying to do it now. Like they did that. They, they're like Becky Lynch versus. Do you remember that? Um, what's his name? Uh, James Ellsworth, the guy without the chin. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember yeah. the fucking hell. That's going back a bit. He's a creepy, isn't man. He's been done for like some next thing. Um, some. Kid thing, basically. Oh my goodness! Yeah, sending pictures to someone or something like that. Anyway, yeah. Same thing as um the Velveteen Dream. If you remember him, he's that's why he's gone now. Oh gosh! Have you seen yeah. all the people that have been released in general though from wrestling like WWE over the past like week or two? Who are now free agents? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but right. did you see Braun Strowman got fired? Give over. Mm -hmm. He only signed a new contract a year and a bit ago, which he then went public and said, so pleased to have signed my new multi-million pound contract. Got some great stuff ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, straight up. Like, um, there was him, I'm trying to remember, there was him, um, Buddy Murphy, um, Alistair Black. Uh, fuck, they were the main why? ones. Was... Why have they been Lana, Lana, Ruby Lana. Royal. Right. Yeah. Uh, why, why did we well, according to them, budgetary reasons. But then, when you remember that the last two years is the biggest profit they've ever made, it's like it's budget in what sense? I don't. Yeah. But that's why a lot of people think Braun Strowman got fired because you know he had like a crazy high um, contract because they were signing everyone to huge contracts, weren't they? Because of AEW, yeah. and now suddenly they don't care. Now they're just firing everyone. A lot of people are talking about whether they're getting ready to sell because they're consolidating a lot of. Um, like departments um, in the offices as well. Right. Apparently. 
isn't Alistair Black? Alistair Black's wife is. Um, is what do you call Selena Vega? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't see her anymore either. But she got fired. She's gone as well. She got she um she got fired slash refused to. Do you remember um there was a whole third party thing where they told people they couldn't have YouTube channels or do cameo or any yeah. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. She was like one of the people that was making the most from her um, Twitch, I think it was, and she just right. refused to do it, and they fired her because she refused to get rid of it. But fair really enough, really. Like saying, aren't they? Yeah, it's such yeah. a weird thing to try and get people to do those. Like, if anything, it's going to build up your exposure yeah. more for your company as well. Exactly. I've got a feeling that Braun Strowman will probably end up at AEW, though. I, I think, if, you know what, actually, yeah, considering they got Big Show and Mark Henry now yeah. as well, they're two yeah. people that were very high on him, so I could imagine it as well. Yeah, I just think then, yeah, because, and again, during the pandemic, him and Drew McIntyre did a lot with, um, to keep the shows going on. I mean, Drew McIntyre was performing every single week, wasn't he, as champion? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought, I think they owe him, and I think that they, they should have owed Braun Strowman as well, because... He was there helping out as well. Yeah, um, it's really strange. But I, I think from what I've heard, the only reason it seems that they let Braun Strowman go was because he managed to get himself such a good contract, like you yeah. said, a few years back. And yeah. I just don't want to pay that anymore. But it, it seems I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back personally. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so because, yeah, because um, Drew McIntyre was fired, wasn't he? Oh, what, what? Ages ago? Uh, four years ago. He was yeah, fighting. Yeah, yeah. He mentioned that, doesn't he, as part of his stick? All well. the fucking oh, time, fighting. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now I've come back, I've worked my way up, and that's why I won the title again. They've used it really well, haven't they? They did, but then they kept doing it. Actually, yeah, that yeah, was okay. Let it dry. Yeah. The, and then when they also started to push the fact of him and Seamus being really good mates, which they are legitimately really good mates, but it was yeah. every conversation they were talking like, the most half-hour conversation, like, you know, they've just taken a load of ease or something. It's like, calm the fuck down. We get it. Yeah. We understand. <laughs> I do, but I, I'm like, yeah, I do like Drew McIntyre. I think he's, yeah. he's a bit of a freak of nature because that he's that big, he's that athletic, he's that quick. He's got it all, hasn't he? He is he a do, badass. He can do things that people like Randy Orton can't do, and people are saying Randy Orton's the best of his generation. Well, I'll tell you what, Drew McIntyre has proved that a big man that can move like a cat is arguably going to be the best of his generation and even even without that stuff as well and on top of that sorry um you've even his mic work his confidence yeah. more than anything i just i could just listen to him talk to anyone because he's just seems yeah. so comfortable and so confident yeah. on the mic yeah he's very very good very yeah. very good and I, I don't know whether they're going to give him the title back at hell in the cell when he faces bobby lashley um, or whether they've now whether they now got Bobby Lashley as the as um, the title holder for the next year or so. Bobby Lashley is one of them people. Like as soon as like I loved the hurt business, but as soon as mm. he won the title and yeah. then went off more just as the Almighty area, um, yeah, like he's so good. He's yeah. just everything about him is so believable. Everything about him, other than the fact that for the last few weeks he keeps pulling out four random girls of him, despite the fact that it's very known he's married and he was married to Lana, despite being married to someone else at the time too. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, other than that, <laughs> and the fact guys. that he's wearing some garish suits every single week as well, <laughs> and the weird aviator sunglasses. Yeah, too. yeah. It's just oh, he just. Without stereotyping, he does actually look like a pimp now with us, with us <laughs> and stuff. But 
Yeah, and I think well, I think MVP's got him beat on that still. Well, yeah, yeah. MVPs might work. I think he's all right sometimes and isn't some others, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he if MVP will ever wrestle again or whether he's now happy to be a manager. Yeah, I, I think he's injured at the moment. That's why he actually started using the cane because he was using the crutch. Legit, then? I just thought that was yeah. style as well. well. It was at one point, but I think if he should keep it because it looks cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, no, it's good. I mean, it's one of them, though, like, because apparently Disney are the ones that are on about buying it, which I don't, a lot of people are down on that because of what they could do to it. But I think it's, I, I think of Disney and maybe like 15 years ago, I might have had the same opinion. But now I look yeah. at what they did with Marvel. Like, yeah. Are you a Marvel fan at all? Like A little bit, a little bit. Like the stuff they've done with Marvel is amazing, mm. really. Yeah. yeah. Like they've done so much good stuff. Like, yeah, just so much freaking good stuff with it. I could see them doing the same with WWE. Yeah, um, I just hope that they would. I just hope that they don't sanitize it because I think WWE sanitize it's too clean at the moment. Anyway, if you're going to compare, it, yeah, if you're going to compare it with AEW, which I think is, as I said, I'm, I'm a massive fan of AEW because I think the matches are better, they're more natural, they are more physical. I think mean, at the moment WWE is very sanitized, and I think it's very, it's too yeah. clean. Yeah, I I think I'd agree with that. I think the only part of what you said I disagree with is like mm. the the matches in AW I think are better, more natural. Mm. But I do feel like they always have to, they always go past the point they need to go past though. Mm. Mm. Like they yeah. go on a bit too much. They have too many false finishes. I still prefer it than WWE most of the time. Don't get me wrong when I'm watching this. Yeah, I, I do like what they've done. What AW have done with some of their characters, like, albeit when yeah. we start talking about this, I said the storylines aren't as great, aren't as, aren't as good as WWE, but I like what they've done with certain characters, because you and I will remember John Moxley as uh, as as Dean Ambrose. Ambrose, yeah, as Dean yeah. Ambrose. And they've totally changed him to be this, like, I think they, they've probably mimicked Stone Cold Steve Austin with, with John Moxley, making him the blue-collar hero kind of yeah, thing. definitely. Uh, and the, guy, the guy that just doesn't give an FCUK kind of thing as well. It's like... Yeah, I'll go in, I'll wrestle, I'll beat you up, then I'll go out and I'll go to a bar and have a drink, which is exactly the same thing that they're doing with Adam Hangman Page, isn't it, as yeah. well? Yeah, I love him. He's one of my favourites too. Both yeah, he's, of them. Coming out with, he's, he's coming out with his bourbon or his whiskey or whatever it is, and so <laughs> what? I like a drink, yeah. And freaking, uh, I loved um, like when they had um, the show the other night, um, that you mentioned, uh, Double or Nothing, yeah. Um because that was the first... I know they did it for Dynamite, but I don't think I paid too much attention to it. As soon as he walked out, because he was on, like, first with uh, Brian Cage, I think it was. Brian Cage, yeah. yeah. The reaction for him was crazy. He is so they over. Cage, yeah. Really Just shouting straight yeah. away, though, cowboy shit. I love that phrase. Yeah. No, I do. like, And, I've, and I thought it was a really good dynamic when they, when he was tag team partners and champions with um, with Kenny Omega. Um, yeah. I thought that, that works well. But now they've gone... I think they've gone too far with Kenny Omega as well. You know what? I used to hate Kenny Omega for ages. Mm. I, I still hate the Young Bucks. I detest mm. watching that. I, I like Nick hate the super kick, KD. That's why. It's what? They've destroyed the super kick. <laughs> no, I was destroyed way before that when we were on the boat. <laughs> um, it's just, I don't like Mass. Everything about him just doesn't seem natural. But Kenny Omega, I used to dislike him just as much. But now, I don't know, I'm starting to appreciate him a lot more. I guess it's a lot more. Yeah. I don't think he's the best in the world in any way, like people say. Mm. Technically, he is very, very good, though, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and I think that what, what he does, and I tell you what, he can take some punishment. Yeah. Full on, like, um, he's had a death match with um, 
Mark said, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go any further, though, yeah, the barbed wire exploding death match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, you've got to try these things, haven't you? But sometimes things don't work. Don't try it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I think maybe they should try it before they're rolling, though, and make sure it works. Yeah. That was probably yeah. a better idea. Yeah. That was fucking yeah. ridiculous, that was. Yeah. And them trying I, to sell it in the ring still. Oh. I think. I think the only person that takes more punishment than Kenny Omega, and I think the most punishment out of anyone in any wrestling organisation is Darby Allen. I've never oh. seen again anyone take as much punishment as Darby Allen. Yeah, like he, Darby Allen is one of my favourites in AW. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I worry. I'm. Yeah. I, I think as I got to a certain age, and I worry. I think it's when I became a dad. I, I watch people wrestle, and I just can't help but be a bit worried, and I think they're going to drop yeah. on their head. And Darby yeah. Allen. My yeah. God, that dude does not understand the concept of protecting himself. No, but and and also when also when he got thrown down those those stone steps by Scorpio yeah. Sky, yeah. you yeah. just think, you know what? He's, he, I don't even think he had to sell that. I think he went down there and he couldn't stop himself anyway. Yeah, and how he then can wrestle the next week? I just yeah, I worry about him as well because there's not a lot of him for one. And <laughs> yeah. the, the the punishment that he's taken in all those defenses of the TNT title, you think. Is that going to catch up with you at some point? I mean, it's got to do, man. I mean, it's like, it's not even, it's like the little things as well. Although, like, um, normally when people run out and do like a suicide dive out of the ring or something, head first, you know, you'll mm. always notice them slow down when they get to the ropes because they're yeah. jumping out head first and there's a metal barrier yeah. in front of them. He speeds yeah. up. Yeah. He does not care. And then, yeah. like, it, it, it's just like jackass videos as well, don't he? Where he's yeah. like recording himself, like jumping yeah. off shit for no reason. I just think he's either got the highest pain threshold in the world, um, or he just feels, you know, I mean, he lives and breathes this life. But for his for his profession, he's going too far. I think the yeah. beating he took from from Miro was yeah. was frightening, really, because Miro wasn't messing about in that. And Miro is he, he, he is a nasty piece of work, and he comes across as a nasty piece of work. And I just now, think, oh yeah. goodness, yeah. But yeah, I worry. I worry for Darby Allen. Yeah, I just, it's, it's, I, I think that's why they get. I, I don't like to say it, but I can't imagine him not getting properly injured. Like you know, even the next yeah. few years or something. I hope it doesn't. But mm. everyone gets fucking injured in AEW, though. Everyone lands on their head constantly. Of course they do. And I just think, <laughs> how do you come back week after week? Because all of them are active on the roster, isn't it? You, you don't really get too many breaks with it with AEW on that roster. No. I just think there's always something going on. Well, one person you should check out, actually. He's not in AEW yet, but he's like the next Orange Cassidy, in my opinion. Just a gimmick that is just so hilarious. It's great. Um, I don't know if you might see him. Have you ever heard of Danhausen? No, I haven't heard of him. Oh, he's, um, he, um, he based his character on Conan O'Brien, apparently. I only know this because oh. I randomly saw him talking in like a little fan video with Conan O'Brien and didn't realise till after it was him. But um, he's always like, oh, I am Danhausen, yes. And this is my goodnight Housen. This is how he talks all the time. And the main thing he does, one of his main things he does, is like, oh, I take um, human teeth that I've collected and I put them into my opponent's mouth and kick their mouth because there is no disqualification. Nowhere does it say they cannot have teeth in their mouth because they have their own teeth. Now they have more. <laughs> I love Dan Housen so much. See, I can see how much you love him because he's caused you to freeze as well. <laughs> we can call that the commercial break, KD. 
There we go. Yeah. How much did you hear of it? Because I was talking, I, I didn't realise. I heard up to the point where he said, where you were going into character with him, and oh. then say, and then saying, "This is Danhausen," so on, so yeah, from there. Uh, what Danhausen does is he puts teeth into his opponent's mouth and then kicks their mouth because, as far as Danhausen is concerned, they already have teeth in their mouth, so you cannot be disqualified for putting more teeth in their mouth. <laughs> so are AEW looking at signing him up now, or is he on the independent circuit? No, he's um, Ring of Honor, I think, at the moment. But I just, oh. I, I guarantee they're going to want to bring him in at some point because it's just yeah. fits their style so well. Because that's yeah, why yeah. I, I, I like the jokiness in it. I don't. Like the yeah. whole having to take it serious all the time, you know. No, no, because it is entertainment at the end of the day. But um, random, complete subject change. Yeah. How have you? I know you're not in. Well, this isn't that at all, actually. Um, have you seen any of? I just want to get your opinion on the UFO videos that have been popping out constantly lately. Have you seen um, any of these? I haven't seen them, but some comedians were talking to me about them and stuff. And um, I my take on it is there is something out there, I think. But what it is, I don't know. I don't know how realistic these UFO videos are or, or how well, contrived they are or what. They've um, most of the video, well, the videos in question have all been confirmed as legitimate UFO videos by like the Pentagon and stuff. Um, but obviously people hear that and they think, oh, they're confirming aliens. It just means that they have no idea what they are. Yeah. But um, like they do, them the majority of them are recorded via like I always forget what they're called, like the weapon cameras, you know, that kind of thing that yeah. shows all the stuff. Yeah, and it just shows them going at ridiculous speeds that we can't match. It shows no plume of like um, of a combustion engine or exhaust like yeah. that, like we use. Um, yeah, it flies that. Like there was one of um, travelled eighty thousand feet in less than a second, oh. for example. Oh my goodness. Uh, there's been another video come out of like 14 objects surrounding a um a warship, yeah. Um, the triangle ones, it's been crazy. Like legitimate science behind them as well that explains the fact that like we we see these things, we understand the technology behind it, but we we just have no way of recreating it. They just have they just don't know where they came from or what they are. Right. So, what's your take on it then? Do you do you believe that there is something out there? I, I mean, scientifically, it's impossible. It'd be ridiculously unlikely that there wouldn't be aliens out there, you know, because there's literally nothing special about our place in this in the universe. There's nothing special about this. We've seen stars with planets that have similar, um, um, similar, you know, what do you call it? You know, similar build and like um, similar kind of atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. We already know planets like that already. So it's like that's just a tiny portion of what we can see so to think that there's nothing out there would be crazy to me but at the same time to assume that there's definitely aliens in there is a bit silly yeah. because i mean if it's in my opinion if it's from another world another um, civilization of whatever then it's most likely a drone like we would send you know yeah. because it just makes sense why would you fly yeah. over there you'd send a drone like we do to um, mars exactly. and that exactly yeah, but yeah, it's definitely it's, something though. It's, it can't. It's like it's been picked up by more mainstream media now. Like it's weird how much traction it's getting. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, obviously, the more the more of those videos that those videos are posted, the more people will probably believe. So, 
But um, there's um, a Pentagon report coming out. It was supposed to be coming out at the beginning of June, but it's coming out at the end of June now. It's just supposed to be reporting on everything that they know about it. But from what I've heard, though, apparently the report itself just says what you would imagine it would say, really. Um, yeah. We can't say it is aliens, but we can't say it's not aliens. Basically, we don't know what it is. Like, yeah. well, obviously. Yeah. Like, you don't need a report to say that. It's quite freaking <laughs> obvious that you wouldn't know what it is. Yeah. The only... Apparently, the only thing the report says is that they're pretty sure it's not like um, ch- like Chinese tech or some other country, you know. Yeah. Opposed yeah. To power. They've confirmed that that they don't think it is that. They don't. Yeah, they don't think it is because basically, yeah. um, the kind of technology it is, it's like anti. It's like not anti gravity. Sorry, it's like, it's like warping gravity. Um, so rather than you know like pushing yourself along, you're effectively moving everything else around you and you're falling all the time even when you're going to cross you're falling yeah um and it's just if any country had that technology they could do so, they would they could just do whatever they wanted yeah. like they could definitely take over couldn't they oh well yeah i mean god knows why you'd wanna but you could <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just really interesting but at the same time it's like it, i find it quite interesting as well how skeptical people are about it or just not really comfortably talking about it because it's still seen as a very fringe finger conspiracy yeah. thing you hear it and it's imagined to be like a crazy person because most people that talk about it most yeah. of the stories are fucking crazy yeah 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 you, you yeah they are they're a bit if you pardon the pun a bit out there aren't they so yeah. Uh, yeah. and i think people tend to not want to believe something that isn't believable yeah, yeah, or not believable in the sense of like the normal so way of thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, do you, I forget actually? Do you have children? Not that I know of. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> You're not um, related to Jeremy Kyle. I'm not going to have to take some lie detector test on here, am I? It's in the post. Right, I was going to say because I'll just go all shaggy on you. It wasn't me. <laughs> um, have you heard what they're try- what they're talking about doing now though with um? Because the whole, you know, like kids um, have lost so much school time and that, and they're trying yeah. to figure out ways to like boost them back up again. Yeah, uh, it's a nice idea in that. But one of the ideas they're talking about doing is, um, well, they're really thinking about doing is extending the school days for like a couple of yes. hours. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I do know how I feel about that. I think I, I don't know. Do you have any feelings towards it? Like, well, my my missus daughter, so I call her my stepdaughter, but she's <laughs> actually at sixth form now, so she's oh. just gone over that time yeah yeah uh, but if it was if it was about her and i'm looking at it from a totally a totally individualistic point of view yeah yeah then i would say help those kids that need the help that doesn't mean one size fits all yeah so if those kids are lacking or need that extra help give them that extra help but don't make it a blanket thing um, cause I think obviously people learn at different rates. I mean, kids have got different abilities, but I don't think there's a need for everybody in school to do that. Just help those that need help. And if they need help, give them that extra time and support. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you'd like to think that that kind of thing will be there as well. I mean, I hope so. I am for by that in that sense. Yeah. But, um, I, I just think it's also very mean on mm. kids. Like to expect them to stay for um, a few hours later, like every day. I don't know about you, but I remember being in school and it, it's a, it felt like a long time, like, you know, halfway or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. I, I just I can't imagine those extra two hours. Mm. Much would be done anyway. I, yeah, you know. You think you'd also think that kids' concentration spans, probably that extra couple of hours when they are flagging, is that going to be? Is that yeah, detrimental yeah. or is that a positive thing? And again, I guess it depends on the kid. It depends on the individual. Um, but I would say that, you know, when I was at school, it was like come two, three o'clock, especially if you have nice weather, the last thing you want to be doing is being cooped up in a, in a classroom. You want to be out with yeah. your mates and stuff. You want to be playing playing football or cricket or doing something different. So, which, which arguably, you know, they haven't been able to do that either. So why no. should they not be able to do that now? Like it yeah. just... Seems very mean to me. I get, obviously, I get it. The concept of you know, like why they think a few extra hours would help, and it could help, like I said, for some people. But I imagine yeah. the attention for most people would just be gone. Yeah, like, yeah. I know my my kids, for example, their attentions are terrible, and they would not an extra two hours would not work. Yeah, it wouldn't anyway. be beneficial. No, no. Unless, unless it was PE. Yeah, <laughs> I think the, those teachers and those responsible for the kids during the day. Um, need to know their audience, need to know their, their kids there that will, it will benefit and those that it won't. And those yeah. that it won't, if they need help, they're going to have to find another way. Is my opinion, for what it's worth. No, no, I think I agree, to be honest with you. Um, it's just a very strange thing to me from like... So, it's, but it, it, it's better than, I suppose, the alternative of them not giving a shit, I guess. Yeah. To be yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, it's better to have an idea than to not have an idea. That doesn't mean to say that every idea is right, but if they try no. something, they are giving a shit, then yeah. that has got to be a good thing. It, should be, it probably just needs tweaking, that's all. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we've got Boris in charge, so I'm sure it will oh, be yeah, perfectly Don't get me on that. Don't get me on that one. <laughs> you know, I... I... Yeah, I was about to say, though, um, I, was, I was about to say for a second, and I don't mind Boris that much, but at the same time... I don't really know a lot about like the Labour side of things or the Tory side of things. I get really bothered by this separate like I don't even know if it if it's the same like over here as it is in America, but like the whole left and the right side, you know. I don't I've never understood that concept about why like I've I found it strange when I was talking about this that I you say, you know, you should never always just lean one way because that's not how most situations work. Mm. And then being referred to as a centrist, I find it mm. strange that there's a uh, word out there, or uh, a label, sorry, mm. to explain someone who just thinks maybe we should look at both sides and depending yeah. on the situation. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. But it, then again, it, I don't know what both sides do either. That's the thing. I don't know if I could be saying something terrible there. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing is, I, I'm into my politics, and I, mm. I am a member of the Labour Party, but I don't yeah. think that, as an alternative, the Labour Party is great at the moment i don't think so and i'm not saying that means that we should get to keep the tories in but i do think that labor needs to improve and i think that sakir starmer has to listen to the party as well as the people because otherwise what what's a good what what good is there having a rubbish government if you've got a weak opposition and i think the opposition is weak at the moment unfortunately yeah um I mean, that's the thing as well, though. Like, there's all these other parties too, but it is literally always pretty much just the um, Labour yeah. and, and the Tories, isn't it? Yeah, that's because of our system, first past the post. And if you had proportional representation, like some people that I don't like have proposed, then you would get an even split. But I think the danger, the, the danger with that, what people think is that 
if you have proportional representation, then you're going to get a lot of right-wing parties rep being represented in the Commons. So people like UKIP and maybe the EDL would have more clout about policy in Parliament if you had proportional representation. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, that makes a lot more sense. So, so yeah. is that is that where the where the right wing stuff goes and more towards those people? Yeah, yeah, those, those are right wing oh, okay. parties. So, if you have proportional representation, so for instance, if you had <clears throat> in Sheffield um, in terms of votes, rather, in, and, and then they've the EDL had run here, and if you're looking at votes in itself, and you're looking at their their policies, and people will vote for them, potentially they could get into they could have a seat in Parliament but not have ultimate power, but they would yeah. they would be able to um, be part of any kind of legislation. They would be able to vote on legislation. They'd be able to, they'd be able to canvass other individuals in the commons. And it just opens a can of worms. So that's why I don't think our party political system will change anytime soon. As so, you say, it's dominated by two parties. Yeah. But, so what? So what is it that's in place then at the moment? Because I'm interested in all this. I'm just really done with it all in all honesty. Um, what is it that's in place at the moment then to keep like certain parties out and stuff like how do they you know like decide on that? Or, or... Well, we have first we have first past the post. So you so around the country you have hmm. the two big parties, the Conservatives and the Labour Party, can basically have a candidate in every single um, constituency because yeah. they've got the money, they've got the they've got the coverage, they've got the PR, they've got everything that, that allows that. So you get like the Greens who then have to actually cherry pick where they go because it costs money to get a candidate yeah. up yeah. front. And you can lose that candidate if you don't get a certain, sorry, you can lose that money if you don't get a certain amount of votes. That money doesn't come back to the party or anything yeah. if you don't get a certain amount of votes. So that's why you get a lot of these. And the Lib Dems are, are, are powerful enough, or they were powerful enough to have representation in most constituencies as well. Yeah. But the smaller parties can't afford to do it. They haven't got the clout of the Conservatives who have got some very rich benefactors that are actually giving them money to be able to have these candidates. And same with Labour. Labour aren't, Labour aren't as wealthy as the Conservatives, but I tell you what, they've got some money coming into the party through trade unions, through through. Um, individual donors as well. Um, and that helps them to have the coverage all over England, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales that perhaps the Greens or a lot of the minority parties can't have. So so is, is that like the system they said, and essentially it's just like the more money you have, you can get someone in each ring? Yeah, yeah, it does help because then you've got more coverage to be able to get more, potentially, more seats yeah. in the Commons and have more influence. Whereas if you haven't got that kind of money or that kind of wealth or that kind of backing, you can't have representation here, there and everywhere. You have to be a little bit more selective, a little bit more circumspect with where you actually have your candidates. And that's the danger, isn't it? Because two parties, yeah. that kind of money and wealth to be able to basically outgun the minority. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't seem good, to be fair. That seems bad more than no. anything. It does seem bad. But yeah, that, <laughs> it really does. Yeah, and I think the Lib Dems and um, Nigel Farage, when he was in charge of UKIP, have campaigned for a while for what they call proportional representation. So the amount of votes that you get in an area will then allow you to actually have more of a say in, com in the Commons um, without actually being able to have loads of candidates all over the place. So it's, it's yeah. difficult. 
it is really, really difficult. Yeah, it, 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 so it sounds like it's a understandable concept that they're talking about, but it always seems to be the parties where everyone's like, man, fuck off, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the okay. thing, it's, it, it's the same in, in football as you would get in politics. The wealthier the, the, wealthier the club, the more that they've, they can just say to the little, the little clubs, well, I'll tell you what, we'll just throw more money at it and that'll get rid of you. But I suppose at the same time, though, they only got to that point like Labour and um, Conservatives and whatever, you know, because they've been around for so long, they've been doing a lot more, they know a lot more, etc. you know. Yeah, there is that. There is that. And when we did have a hung parliament, when the Lib Dems went into yeah, power yeah. with the Conservative Party, you could argue that that was their chance. But then when Nick Clegg reneged on the student fees uh, and, not for, and he forgot that those students that maybe couldn't <laughs> vote that first time, we're going to vote in four years' time and yeah. bite him on the arse with it. And that's what he, that's what happened. He lost his seat here in Sheffield on the back of that. You know what, though? I will say one thing, because I learned something before as well, like in regards to the American, uh, one of the differences between like the American um, campaign trail, I guess, and like over here is, over here there's like a cap, isn't there, to how much money yeah. you can make or put into your campaign and all that, whereas in America it's just go crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's how Donald, yeah, that's how Donald Trump went to power. He just, he had the money and the wealth. And I think he did have some backing as well, um, financial backing as well. But predominantly, if you've got the money and the wealth, you can you can be anything you want to be in America in terms of yeah. political. Because don't forget, Donald Trump didn't really go through the system. The, in no, terms yeah. Of, yeah, he just really bought his candidacy and was able to then buy that support as well, which you and can't swap- do here because... Sorry, and um, he swapped parties as well because he used to be. I forget which one he actually got through as, but he right, was he's a Republican um, now. He was a Republican, yeah. yeah. But he used to be. He was all very friendly with the Clintons and that, like in their party. And then it was very strange as well because I think it was also a big part of why he got in was obviously was just neither from what I've gathered anyway because we don't yeah. really know as much over here because it's you know dipping over there and it's like I wouldn't expect yeah. someone in America to know everything about our like prime ministers and stuff, you know. Yeah. But, um, it seemed like they were, both of them were neither of them were good options, from what I gathered. No, no, they, they have two candidates there, unfortunately. But I'll tell you something that you may not know. Did Please you know that Boris, that Boris Johnson could actually be, if he wanted to be, the American president? Oh, yeah, wasn't it? So, was he born there or something? Yeah, he was born in New York. Yeah, isn't it also as odd Donald Trump could technically be PM because he was born in Scotland or something? Because of his Scottish heritage. Some Scottish something yeah, there, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. He's got quite strong Scottish heritage, which is why he loves the country and he bought a lot of land and bought the golf. He bought the Turnbury Golf Course. I don't know. Yeah, it's Turnbury Golf Course, which now they're saying they don't rate, they can't, they've got a policy. I think it's Turnbury. Please forgive me, anyone watching this, if it's the wrong course, but one of the Scottish courses. Um, I can't imagine any of my viewers having much of an opinion on a golf course, to be honest with you. <laughs> that's why, that's what I was going to say. Uh, golf is a great game, KD. What's wrong with you? Oh, you know what? I would generally play golf. Um, yeah? Yeah, it, it, like, I, I love any kind of thing where you can just chill. Any sport where you can chill and talk at the same time, too. <laughs> chill and talk. Yeah, I, I say that. That was just my, like beer drinking or bud smoking ideas coming in. But at the same time, I do love actual sports too. So kind of ignore what I said, actually. It makes no sense. <laughs> no, um, it's good. It's, it's a good game. It's golf. Do you, you actually play much then? Badly. <laughs> okay. 
Badly. But I, I like the concept of it, and I think the skill levels are brilliant. Um, but I like all sports. I mean, I'm a sports buff. Weirdly, I've spent loads of time in um, a golf course, never once actually played golf properly. Just oh, used to, golf course? Just used to chill in the golf course, I don't know. There was, oh. on the way from my school um, to mine, where mm. all of us used to go, there was just a big golf course there, and for some reason we used to just go and chill in there. And, Which course was it? Was it, was it a famous uh, one? No. Well, no. I can't Belfry. imagine. Famous for the wrong reasons, maybe. It was Coxmoors. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Crappy like one down Birmingham, hence why right. we were able to walk in on it and no one would suffer us. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. Um, I was going to say think about golf then again. <laughs> what was I going to say then? Oh, ignore it. Fuck knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't, I did find it going back to the other thing though. Uh, before we've been like. I, I did find it hilarious that at one point, you know, you had literally Donald Trump and mm-hmm. Boris Johnson is the two leaders, the two world leaders, you know, essentially like Britain and, and America. Such yeah. a weird fucking thing. You never would have looked at that like 10, like even five years ago before it, you know, and for a day would be the people in power. I know, I know. I think people were, um, there, there was a lot of gags going around, a lot of gags going around when they first became, got into power at the same time. And one of the gags was they can't wait to see when Donald Trump comes over to Britain, comes out of number 10 with Boris Johnson and see who, you get a gust of wind, see whose hair went up the highest. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. I will, yeah. I will say one thing for Boris, though, in that sense, too. He at least leans into it. He knows his image. He, like, I, I saw something from, like, uh, probably, like, I say five years ago now, I think that's just my general reference, but from when he was the mayor of London, I think, and his hair was a lot less crazy than it is now. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, it, got, it got really crazy during the pandemic, though, because obviously he couldn't get his hair cut. Um, and then it just like it just looked like a mad scientist, didn't it? It was just yeah, yeah. I think you know what it is. I keep referring to Boris Johnson that I like him and that, but I forget that he's not just a cartoon character for our enjoyment. He's actually supposed to be running the country. I forget that part. Yeah, I know, I know, and I think he forgets that part sometimes as well. But yeah. what can you do? He's in a privileged position to make a difference and whether he's made a difference or not. I don't know what his legacy will be, actually. I think his legacy may well be the fact that he led everyone through this pandemic, whether he yeah, did it yeah. badly or, or, or well. That's down to interpretation. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like we're saying to begin the vaccine rollout, probably more than anything. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so as well. I think he's, I don't know. I mean, like him or love him, it was a difficult, difficult job. Um, I challenge anyone Very much so, yeah. say they could have done it any better, but I think there were mistakes that he made that were yeah. that could have been that could have been done better. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've said this a lot as well. Like you know, fair enough. Like every country has made a lot of mistakes of it, and yeah. Boris has made loads of mistakes too. But it's something at the same time that no one saw coming. No, no, exactly. Yeah, no one saw this coming, and it's like. It's going to be one of those times, like you know, that's looked at like um, World War Two and stuff, World War One. You know, just a big time in human history. Yeah, yeah, no, without a doubt. And I think my <clears throat> my missus's daughter said this last. I think it was last March, April, hmm. and I think it's quite profound. She said that she said, "I bet that in years to come, COVID or coronavirus will be on the school curriculum as a learning thing of what happened in 2020." 
just like yeah. you've had so, certain events over the years that have ended up on the school curriculum. I think COVID-19 will end up on the school curriculum because I don't think it's something we'll ever forget. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, 100%. I mean, not even just in history, just in general. Like, I think it, it definitely should be anyway. Like, um, I was trying to think then whether it would be more like history or science or it feels like it should be more of like a, I don't know, citizenship, is that a thing still? I remember I used to do that when it was like current events and all that kind of stuff, you yeah. know. Well, I think if you're going to put it on the syllabus down the line, if you're going to put it on down the line six, seven, eight years yeah. down the line, I guess it does go into history, doesn't it? There is, as yeah, you said, yeah. there is some science behind it as well. But I think, yeah, I, I just got a feeling it's going to have a place in our in our lives, in our schools for a long time. So, I do think as well there's going to be a lot more coming out about like the origins of it now because they're actually finally looking into it too. Like we're yeah. saying, like, and I forgot before as well. There's like fingerprints in the um um in the because there was uh, there was a Norwegian professor professor and mm-hmm. um a British no a Norwegian scientist and a British professor that were doing some um, research into the virus itself, mm-hmm. and they found fingerprints that show basically that it has been manipulated. Right. Um, the main thing is there's a word for it, and I, it's. Gen- it's not genealogy, but it sounds like that. Mm. Um, where basically what it seems they did with was with what they do in general in all these kind of labs, because this is not like you know a rare thing. This happens all over the world. Yeah. It's just where, whether it got out of that lab or not. Yeah. Um, but they what what they essentially did it seems is they would um, take the virus and to make it easier to uh, study it to make it last longer. They would make it more infectious, so it would live longer. Yeah. They could study it, see the effects, and that's what. Yeah. I mean, have you seen the new one though over in China now? No. Um was it the first ever case of a human contracting bird flu or swine flu? Is that the same thing? That one, the H1N03 virus. That, yeah, is that bird flu? Yeah. 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 Yeah, the first person's contracted that over there now. Um yeah. <laughs> Well, no, don't don't worry though. Don't worry. The the Chinese government have come out and said it's not harmful to anyone else. It's not that contagious. We we've got it covered. It's not going anywhere. And we we have learned we can trust everything that the Chinese government say. We've learned that exactly. I was fortunate enough to in two thousand and seven. I was fortunate enough to to go to China. To been to China. It was literally a year before the Beijing Olympics uh, right. that I went and. To go to China, which is a beautiful, beautiful country, culturally beautiful, historic, everything that you want. But there is a paranoia there with their citizens that the government are always watching you. And that is because they are always watching you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it's, yeah. Like, yeah, it's like you, I was in my hotel room and I was watching something on, on telly, which was an American program. And the government, if they don't like what you're watching in terms of they think it is it is detrimental to China or to, yeah. to their regime, they will they will just like cut your TV off. It'll just be encrypted for a yep. period of time until that is finished and then they'll put it back on again for you. And then obviously there's certain websites that you can't go on as well whilst in China. It is just it's a different world to live in to to actually living in that environment for a period of time. Oh, it's a proper dictatorship, man. It really is. Like, um, this is the thing people forget as well when you're talking about this kind of stuff, like with China and that. It's like, yeah, the, the country is lovely. Like, the people, the people, what, there's nothing wrong with them. Like, it's just, you know, it, it's the government that's the issue. 
full on control yeah like every um literally it's people say oh well just because it's a chinese government doesn't mean it's from um sorry just because it's a chinese company doesn't mean it has anything to do with government but no yeah. that literally is what it means you cannot Absolutely. have a you can't have any kind of cooperation in China without no, it going through no, uh, the government. Yeah. I mean, they've even been doing like they've got concentration camps at the moment going on as well. They've been doing genocides. Like, yeah, the Chinese government—they're not good people. Yeah, they're just not. They've still, got their, they've still got their minds open out there, and I think there was a. There's always been a concern about safety measures because they are, they still produce their own coal, so they've got and they sell they export it as well. But the safety measures that they take for their miners, I mean, it's just like I've heard, yeah, they're just oh, way behind kind of thing. Oh, yeah, they've got zero, like, um, their human, uh, was it human rights? That yeah. phrase, yeah. Yeah, their human yeah. rights over there is just abysmal, man. Well, that, um, yeah, that's just a non-existent phrase to them, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, I, don't know, I, don't, I suppose our government are caught in between, it's in between because I don't know what your take is on this. Do we need China in terms of a business partner? But yet we keep beating the drum saying the Chinese need to change their human rights, they need to get more human rights, they need to do this, they need to do that. But I tell you what, we'll just sign a new ten billion pound contract for them to export so and so or for them to build yeah. a factory yeah. or whatever. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's six and two threes really, isn't it? No, I see what you're saying, yeah, like as um as a general as a generalization when people are talking about it, like people over here or wherever like talk about the chinese government like you know needs to stop and do all this but then our government is then buying loads of stuff i've done giving them loads of money as well so it's like and the government say it too so like you can't run them down but then also support them those two yeah. things don't shouldn't go together yeah but um at the same time we're very dependent on them now so it could get to that point where we wouldn't need to be but it would take a while yeah yeah, and I think so. And I think I, I think that China have put themselves in a position where they believe that the world needs them, um, whether it be business wise, whether it be um, science wise. It, yeah, they seem to want to have all angles covered in terms of. Well, I'll tell you what, we have control here, but we want to make sure that you need us as well. Yeah, and that is a yeah. scary prospect. That, that's it time is. involved as well. That's time to get James Bond involved. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just think about it then. I'm just thinking, like, as well, if you take all this stuff and make it so, you know, they haven't got all that influx from uh, whatever other country, I would yeah. feel sorry for the people. Then I imagine the people just being in worse situations. I mean, yeah. the, I forget the guy's name, but, like, to to make a point of how ridiculous he is, like the main leader guy, um, didn't – I'm sure it was him. He – um was it uh, Winnie the Pooh? He banned Winnie the Pooh because there was a meme going around that it looked like him. Oh my goodness! That's Jim. <laughs> so what the hell? That shows the level of maturity there. Yeah, all the lack of it. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And for what they need, really, really unbelievable. I think I don't know. I think the worst part is it is believable. Yeah, because it's happening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's no, happening. Hopefully, it won't be another North Korea, but you know. No, you don't hear much um, of old um, King Jung Un anymore, do you? See, the he was a son, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wasn't there a rumor going around that he died for a bit or something? I don't know. I well, yeah, because he wasn't seen for a while, was he? Yeah, yeah. But he's um, the, he's banned all of the athletes from going to the games in Japan, hasn't he? Because of COVID. Oh, so I didn't know that. 
yeah, North Korea will have no representation in the in the Olympics. Okay. Do they normally? Yeah, yeah, they've got athletes. They've got um they they've got yeah, they've got athletes and stuff. They've got I don't know how many sports they would have normally taken part in, in the Olympics, but they've got yeah. and South Korea have got a decent number of athletes. Oh yeah, I knew South Korea did, but it was just I uh, didn't know with the whole the way North Korea operate if it was something they would partake in even because they're so closed off, you know. Yeah, I don't know if they've got all the sports in the Olympics covered and stuff, but as I say, I mean, there's so many freaking that. sports in there now, ain't there? Though? Yeah, yeah, oh, there's right. so many, but yeah, but, but his. So go well, ahead. Sorry, no, I'm just going to say, but his. His um, athletes won't be going anywhere this summer. Well, in 44 days' time when the Olympics starts. Oh, shit. That's it. Oh, yeah, of course. Because that's the, see, that's the one, that's the one good thing. But the one thing now about, like, obviously everything getting cancelled last year is that this year, you know, we've got the Euros right now. We've got the Olympics yeah. and the World Cup yeah. next year. It's going to be a fun. That is, it's the one time I've become a football fan, Dan, yeah. is yeah. in the Euro and in the World Cup. It hasn't happened yet for the Euro. Uh, when do we get into the when is the quarterfinals and that start? That'll be three weeks time kind of thing. But England have got a great chance because most of it, I think, all if they go all the way through to the final, <coughs> all their games bar one will be at Wembley. Because I know I don't know if you know the Euros have been played all around Europe this time because it's to celebrate is it fifty years of of the Euros. So they're playing it around in twelve different countries. I think it is. Um, oh, so that sounds so like a really. That sounds like a really good excuse for why they don't want all the people in one country, really. Yeah, it's, the, the idea was it was supposed to be a celebration of 50 or 60 years of the European Championship. So to celebrate that, they're having it all around Europe. So, for instance, Wales will be travelling to Baku in Azerbaijan to play two of their games, and then they play their final group game against Italy in Rome. Um, so, and England have got uh, fortunate enough because they're a seeded side that they can have all their games, all their group games at Wembley. Um, Seeded side, what's that? That means that they're one of the, because England are one of the top sides in the world, so they would so they would become a seeded side, so one of the highest ranking sides, which gives them the privilege of hosting games and having what would yeah. what they would deem as an easier group. Please don't, please, please don't um, hurl abuse at me, the Scots, because mm-hmm. the Scots are mm-hmm. in our group as well. Okay. So, so, yeah. Who else is in our group? We've got the Czech Republic and we've got Croatia. Okay, we have, we haven't played Scotland yet, though, have we? Or no, no one's played anything yet, anyone yet, because it starts on Friday. What did I see? Then I swear I was seeing some Euro stuff where we played. Yeah, they, were when... they were friendlies. Oh, so England played Romania yesterday in a friendly, and then they played Austria at the Riverside in a friendly three days prior to that. So all the friendlies are done now for England. There's friendlies going on tonight as well around Europe. Yeah. But England's friendlies are done now. And then the, the, the actual business end of the Euro starts this weekend. Oh, so actually can still watch it properly in that case then. Cool. Watch it all. Yeah. All okay. games are going to be on either ITV or BBC. Okay. See, so that's one. I always enjoy um I always enjoy the World Cup. I always make sure I watch all of that. Yeah. Um, no, it's good. It's good. I think it's the one thing that brings the country together as well. It's football. Very it's much. Just awful, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just awful when England bow out of the tournament because it's a, it's a it's a real tinge of well, not tinge, there's a lot of sadness then. But whilst we're on that roller coaster journey, and especially during the last World Cup when we got to the semi final, I was going to say, yeah, the last one, yeah. like you couldn't be disappointed at the end of that, really. No, no, you couldn't. But 
yeah, when you lose, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Because someone's got to lose, and then sometimes it's England, isn't it? So I did see um one your uh, a billboard for the Euro, and it, I loved. Um, I can't remember the exact verbiage, but I loved the general idea that it had. The tagline was just um, um one extra year to practice penalty shootouts. Oh yeah, <laughs> that'd be agony. Yeah. That'd be agony if we go to penalty shootouts yet again and against Germany of all teams as well. Um, yeah, I just think it's not something you can practice. though. that's the thing. Penalty is not something you can practice because you can never. You, no, because you can never get the nerves of the actual event. You can practice. The okay. Game. Yeah. 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 A lot of players have said that walk because they're all at the centre circle. That walk from the centre circle to go and take your penalty is the most nerve wracking. So you yeah. can't actually have that on the practice pitch because you're not you're not playing for anything. You've not got the eyes of the world on you. And you I think them, you, you could get them really high. You make could them really par- get them really high. Make them really paranoid. That might get a little bit of it at least. <laughs> I think. I just think you just can't you, you can't have that same feeling of a stadium with eighty or thousand people, the nation watching yeah, you yeah. on the practice pitch. You can practice the technique, but if your if your knees are knocking on the day kind of thing, you can't practice that. No, I mean that, that's completely fair to be honest. It makes perfect sense. I've, are they gonna have like big crowds for all the countries? Do you know? I think we've got we're allowed, is it twenty five thousand for the first couple of games at Wembley? But hopefully, yeah. if social distancing ends on June the 21st, they're thinking the last game, which I believe is against the Czech Republic, they can have the 90,000 capacity in there. What about with like the other countries, though, as well? I mean, well, the other countries, I think, are doing their own thing. And I think some of the countries yeah. will have some support in. Some of them will still have empty stadiums, but that's down to individual countries. Yeah, you know what, though? That's probably a big part of how they've decided where to play certain things and what countries to use and places that are like a bit more open, a bit better in regards to that. Yeah. I think that, that's fair enough as well. Yeah, yeah, completely. Not every, not every country is at the same level of vaccination and, and, and um, transmission rates and so on and so forth. Yeah. So I think, yeah, there has to be an element of common sense there in terms of what countries will have fans in and how many fans they'll have as well. I don't yeah. think there's any country at the moment that's going to have a full house of fans. I hope not. Although America seemed to be trying to do it lately, like freaking that double or nothing. It was a yeah. lot of people in there. Yeah. And I think the WWE have announced, and so has AEW, that they're going to be going back on the road, aren't they, very soon? Yeah, yeah. I think um, AEW doing it first uh, sometime yeah. in June this month, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're going to Miami and stuff, aren't they? Um, AEW because they've yeah. been having it all at Jacksonville, haven't they? At Daly's place, yeah, yeah. Um, we're in that um gym as well for a bit. I didn't understand why they went there for like three months when they had an outside amphitheater anyway with a ring already yeah. set up in it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, what was I gonna say about that then? Oh, about Excuse- the about the fans going back to the wrestling. Yeah, yeah, it's um July, I think it is with Dudu. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's July with Dudu. I think it's um Hallinus. No, it's not Hallinus. No, Hallinus was before, and then Money yeah. in the Bank's the first pay per view they're having. Always there. And, uh, yeah. So I think that what they're trying to do then is gear everything up to SummerSlam and getting fans in for that, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing so the weird thing about SummerSlam. You know, they've announced they're doing it on a Saturday this year, right? And it's gonna. They're planning it to be shorter. They're planning it to end by about 11 o'clock because over the road is mm. um, 
because it's in Las Vegas. It's on the same day as the Manny Pacquiao and whoever he's fighting. That oh, fight. Manny Pacquiao fighting um, Errol Spence, isn't he? That sounds familiar, yeah. 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 Um, and they're literally over the road from it, so they're like right. they want to cut it off so that they can the people can then go for the main event of Manny yeah. Pacquiao and that. But it's like all I think is going to happen if that's the case. If people have bought tickets to go to that, mm. I guarantee there's going to be like in the last hour, there's just going to be loads of people leaving. Yeah, it's just yeah, the only thing that's going to happen. Yeah, probably. What do you think to this for an idea then? <laughs> I think that. Because obviously BT Sport have got the contract for the WWE at the moment over here, haven't they? And I, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think, why don't? And I didn't, I, I don't know why Sky didn't do this either. But why don't they tease us by giving us one free pay per view? And then wouldn't you then think if it's a great show that people would buy, more people would buy the next pay per view? But because pay-per-view is out of reach for a lot of people because they're not giving us those little tidbits. Yes, yeah. they're giving us they're giving us W they're giving us Raw and they're giving us SmackDown, but there's nothing better than the than the pomp and the ceremony and the glamour of a pay-per-view. And yeah. I think that BT could do could do worse if they it, just by giving just us something free. Yeah, and no, because you know what? Well, let's draw you in, let's draw you in. Well, you know what they say, and they say the kickoff show is what that is, but no one watches a kickoff show. It means no, nothing. No, the matches are terrible. Just uh, yeah. the great thing of it, like if it's a three hour pay per view, like the actual main show, maybe just the first hour for free. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and then encrypt it if you want to do that. Um, but then I, I just think, yeah, you just give us because I'm thinking about myself here, and I'm thinking if I knew there's a pay per view for free, I'd watch it. And if the storyline's good and the action is great, I'm buying the next one. Yeah. I'm buying the next one because I know what they can, what they're going to be doing. But I guess they won't do it because there's a lot of people that put these pay per view matches on YouTube straight after, don't they? Yeah, um, uh, they get taken off of YouTube quite quickly. But trust me, for someone that has watched wrestling all their life, mm. not saying that I can't remember the last time I paid for a pay per view because that would be wrong to say online. But <laughs> I can't remember the last time I paid for a pay per view, Daniel. Really? <laughs> oh man. I don't is think it, I would watch anywhere near as much wrestling as I do if I had to pay. Well, no, I wouldn't. The network, actually, I take that back. The network, I've got the network, obviously. But um, yeah, like AEW. Yeah, that was that was well, realizing what I'm admitting to now. I, I watch Double or Nothing on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, all three hours of it. Really? Yep, yeah, I watched uh, all of it last last Thursday. Oh wow! I didn't. Was it like three hours, hours twenty eight minutes of it? Oh wow! So it was on there for like quite a few days. I I imagined that maybe it would have got taken down quickly, but it must have been on there for a while in that case. Then it was on there for a while, yeah. And I all I did was put double or nothing, and it came up three hours twenty eight minutes. It was great quality as well in terms of the viewing experience. Um, and yeah, all of it, every single match from the Adam Hangman Page Brian Cage match right through to Stadium Stampede. Oh wow! Okay. That's surprising for YouTube because they're normally on it, especially Tony Khan. He's really on it. Like, yeah. Um, if you ever it was on because the pay per view was was it a few days before? If I watched it on the Wednesday or the Thursday, was it? It was last weekend, wasn't it? Not it weekend, was, before, the one before. Uh, Sunday, I think they. Yeah, I think yeah. it was Sunday they went to. Yeah, because they used to do yeah. Saturdays and they've moved to Sundays now. So you're looking at four or five days after, and I watched it, and it was still on. I don't know if it's still on now, but it was still on when I watched it. I'm just sending you over. I mean, I doubt anyone's going to 
would flag it anyway. But just in case, I'm just sending you in the private chat now the website that has like everything on, like literally, um, as oh. as as raw or as the pay per views are on, it will upload it bit by bit while it's on still, and then really? have the full show afterwards. Yeah, that that website is great, man. If you ever need to watch anything and it's not on YouTube, go on today and it'll be on there. Brilliant. It's the one I always use. Thank you very much for that. And but, but of course, it's a completely legal website. Of course, you know I wouldn't. Of course, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just gave you the BT Sport website because I knew you didn't have it. Yeah, yeah, I love BT Sport. So thank you for giving me the yeah. BT Sport website. Yeah, you're very welcome. You're very welcome, sir. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, right then. Um, before we finish after my man, uh, do you want to just? Tell everyone any of the stuff you got going on, you know, throw some plugs out there, do what you do, you do, do. Yep. Um, we've got the quiz running for the next couple of weeks, and then we're going to sit down and talk about maybe doing it monthly as things open back up. So the quiz, the alternative cover meeting Friday night quiz is 8 o'clock till roughly 9, 9.15 this Friday. Two great guests again. Um, feet and ball will be this Sunday as normal, 7 o'clock kickoff, 90 minutes of fun and tomfoolery eight until half eight. And then, gig-wise, we've got um, the Mill Owners in Sheffield will be back on July the 5th, Monday, July the 5th, and every first Monday thereafter. Um, nine fantastic comedians from all over the country. We're going to get KD on in the months to come. Uh, we'll get him to come up and do, do his stuff. We've also got the iconic Yellow Art Studios. Now, this is the real jewel in the crown for us, because just to give you a little bit of potted history about this as well, KD, the mm -hmm. Yellow Art Studios is really famous in Sheffield because we've, they've, it's a recording studio and platform where the likes of Kylie Minogue has recorded, um, Jarvis Cocker, Ann Pulp, Richard Hawley. Um, we've had some some of the greats there recording stuff and albums and material there. Yeah, but it's yeah. never, ever had comedy. So we're breaking new barriers. We're breaking new ground here. So I like we it. have our first ever comedy night there on july the 8th which is the thursday um so again we'll be getting you involved down the line getting you to come up we're going to have comedians of all experiences at these venues as well people who just want to jump out the plane without a parachute and give comedy a go right through the semi-pro and pro guys as well so it's an exciting time in sheffield ollie will kill me if i don't mention the toolmakers and indigo <laughs> Which, which Indigo is twice a month. Toolmakers is the first Thursday in every... Is it the first Thursday or the second Thursday in every month? But you can find it all out on the Alternative Cobra Meeting comedy page. Um, follow me, Daniel Innes, and I will put all the details and I'll chat to you and invite you to everything going from Royal Ascot to Wimbledon. And uh, send me over all the links and stuff for the things and I'll put them in the description as well below that you can see right Look. there. Lovely, brilliant, brilliant. Um, get you get all that sorted out, and yeah, it's going to be an interesting time. A really interesting. Oh, and one more thing when I get back from Barbados, I've got a lovely paid opening spot in the lovely village of Todmorden, and Tom Bins will be headlining that night as well. Um, doing his doing a set of, by himself or of, from himself, but he'll also be doing his character Ivan Brecklebreak. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, Tom Bins. I don't know why that made me laugh, just the name then. <laughs> yeah, it's a brilliant name. Um, so he's going to be, he, Tom Bins famous for going on 8 out of 10 cats and all sorts. He's headlining. I'm, a, I'm opening. So that's September the 2nd. 
but again we'll talk about about that down the line good man good man and then um yeah it's just, you know what it's just you reminded me then just saying it's just lovely how live comedy is coming back it's beautiful isn't it it is it's a beautiful beautiful thing and we've missed it we want it we want to entertain the public we want people to have a laugh after these last 15 16 months have been being really really hard for some people so everyone just get out support live comedy support local comedy support natural comedy and you know what you'll enjoy yourself i guarantee it could not have said that better at all well uh from everyone at kd comedy inc is right in thank you very much daniel for coming on um, thank you for having me i've enjoyed it thoroughly it's always great to catch up with you yeah same um more than welcome back any other time too and for any of the other random shit we do uh but this was in your house podcast episode number 27 haven't got an ending yet and you know me i'm not gonna bother trying to end it in any particular way bye 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 <laughs>